Welcome back, mi gente, to episode number four, numero cuatro, of Untitled Podcast so far. We need a name. We do need a name, but we'll get there eventually. Eventually, yeah. You have any comments? Do you have any ideas as to what our names should be? Seriously. Please, put it down below. Put it down. Put it down. Uh, today, we are fortunate enough to have a very special tasting of a very good whiskey, then mm. brunched. See it down there. Mm-hmm. They were uh, lovely enough to give us a tasting of their bourbon whiskey. Nice. Uh, they are a distillery here, actually in New York. They have four types of whiskey right now out on the market: rye, American whiskey, bourbon, and single malt. Cal, do you know which one you're drinking today? I couldn't guess, to be honest. No, no. You are having a very special one. It's a mm-hmm. bourbon. It's a four grain. Weeded bourbon distilled from New York, mm. bold and full-bodied with notes of chocolate, butterscotch, sweet cream, and bananas. Finishing it off with a smooth hint of spice peppers, maple nuts, and coffee. All that in here? All that in here. Cheers to that. Cheers. And once again, thank you very much, Van Brunt. Ah, uh, that's awesome. It actually tastes mm. really, really good. How do you feel about it? I love it. I'm, I'm just a, getting into it, too, yeah. Yeah, I'm a very... I, I like my whiskeys a lot. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I'm glad that you're now incorporating you. this into your daily <laughs> into life. my diet. <laughs> yeah, into your daily uh, nutritional diet. That's right, that's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, thank you very much. We will be visiting their distillery soon, so hopefully we can uh, post up a video of the distillery and show you guys how it looks inside there and show you how they make this... Amazing tasting whiskey. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So, Cal. What's up? Um, Give me something. What is your name, sir? Schematis. Schematis. <laughs> plugs really quick. All right, fine. Uh, so, you're going to do this for me? You're going to edit it? Yeah. Right here, it. right here. IG. Uh, okay. Schematis. IG, Schematis. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll do mine simpler. Somewhere around here. Who is Zane? Fancy. <laughs> I trust your um, editing skills, by the way. Yeah. So you can find them on Instagram and on YouTube. Mm-hmm. SoundCloud as well. Go ahead. Uh, Schematis right there. You can find me on Instagram, my webpage, and uh, yeah, YouTube as well, of course, as you can see from here. Who is Zane? Who is Zane? Go check it out. Thank you very much. All right. So from there, let's go to a topic that um, has really been bugging you a lot. Um, I think it's something about aspiring artists. <laughs> I'm gonna punch in the eye. So <laughs> here's the thing, right? All right, I hate, especially in the creative spaces, right? We have artists who are musicians. We've got painters. We've got dancers, singers. We've got all these like creative outlets. Here's what here's what I've noticed on, especially Twitter. They'll add this thing in their bio that's like, "I am an aspiring this." Okay. And I'm like, okay, if, are you doing it or not? That just drives me crazy. So I feel like if you're going to create something and you're already a content creator and you're really doing it, remove the word aspiring. I think it detracts from like the, the, the skill, not even just the skill, but just it takes away from who you are as a person. This is true. This is very true. What do you feel about this? I think this is a very antiquated term to be calling someone a uh, aspiring artist. It's kind of like um, right. telling them that they're not an artist. Which is unfortunate because you are, right? So mm-hmm. you're trying to create whatever media you're doing, whether you're a photographer, videographer, a musician in your case, um, whatever you want to be. As long as you're creating it, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily become aspiring anymore. You're more of a 
Agreed. Oh, artist. You're an artist. Yeah. I think, so here's the thing, right? When you're an artist, no matter what caliber, there's always a starting point. And I think this is the part where people get freaked out. You've got to have this beginner, hey, I'm going to start here, I'm going to work my way to the middle, and then the end. But I think what that aspiring thing does, it keeps people in this sense of like a defense zone. Yeah. Almost like a training wheels yeah. mentality. But if you remove it, something happens. Like, I had it for my bio for a while, and I didn't know about this, but, like, when I removed it, I just felt more of a pressure to learn the craft a little bit serious. Huh. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's was it because you were getting more people asking you about your profession, or in this case, whatever you were aspiring to That's be? That's a good question. Was I mean, maybe that once you mm. removed the aspiring, people took you more seriously? You know what's funny? It wasn't even about people. It was about me. It was like, mm. I went, I took myself more serious. I'm like, you know, now that it's not here and I don't have this imaginary roadblock and I'm calling myself a musician, what am I going to do about it? Am I yeah. going to lie to myself? Am I going to call myself a musician and not write music every day or like anytime I get a chance? It kind of did this unlocking thing. And it wasn't even about thinking about, hey, what does this person think of me? It was just, what do I, what do I want to, if I look in the mirror, do I see a musician or not? Right. right. And, that, and that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, as soon as you take that off, like you just said, it's very much taking off the training wheels. Right. You ride a bike, you take those training wheels all mm. off, you're bound to fall at one point. You're going to get hurt a little Scrape bit. Scrape those knees. Yeah. Scrape but, them. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but okay, you definitely <laughs> learn from it, right? Right. Whether you take a few falls, you, you definitely learn. This is our fourth podcast. Uh, We've yeah. already learned so much from yeah, this, right? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. So I, I didn't say... Uh, on the description, aspiring podcast. Right. No, it was, this is the podcast. This is the podcast. Period. We just don't have a name yet. Not yet. We're, Hopefully you guys can help us. Please help us out. Uh, there's going to be a couple of options mm. on a poll up here on the left. Go ahead and click on it. Let us know which of the names is your favorite. Mm. But going back to the art, the thing that we had in hand here. Yeah. Um, yeah, aspiring artists, I think it's just very antiquated. It's Remove just it. derogatory and... In a sense, if anyone not, has it, honestly, right now, like just take it out for like a yeah. week and see how you feel. It's gonna be nerve wracking. It is. A little it bit. is. Yeah, yeah. You feel a little bit of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Am I really about this? Am I? What do I have? What it takes? And that's okay. That fear is gonna set you off to either go up or backward. Yeah, um, it's a make or break point. Yeah. You either go for it and do it wholeheartedly, or you're gonna go back and just. Put that aspiring name on your title mm. and you're going to be on that safety net that which isn't bad you know take as much time as you want on that safety net mm. aspiring artist go ahead and take a year maybe two years but i wouldn't recommend more than that because i think you're just hurting yourself right, right? i think you're right you know if that's fair you're gonna play the safe route one to two years and then you gotta take that jump you've yeah. got to jump go for it because uh, how else are you going to learn because you're going to be in this safety net that you're creating for yourself if you mm. make a mistake if uh, edit or a photography session goes wrong um you can just say oh i was just learning from it and you are not fully held accountable for it right. but once you become somewhat of a professional photographer a for professional sound designer musician yeah, well, then you're held to higher uh, extent higher standards right am i a professional nah, that, that's, that's a few, questionable right I don't, but I you're definitely anymore. a musician now yeah, no longer yeah, yeah. inspiring. So you're no. held at this higher standard. True. If you give a client who's paying you money mm. a very low standard or um, 
a very bad edit. That's another thing. When clients or potential clients stumble across your work and they see that they see that aspiring part, they may get the sense of correct. You know what I mean? And like, oh, should I trust this person? Or not even that. It's hey, um, so this is gonna be for free, right? <laughs> because you're <laughs> aspiring. So this is a free take advantage of you, yeah. right? And like, you could have amazing work. And they know that they just stole from you, basically, right? True, because you're aspiring, so technically you're not necessarily obligated to charge someone. Oh, man, that's deep. Or uh, you're not obligated to pay someone because you're aspiring, right? This is going to be one of your things on your portfolio. Mm. It it, it should be for free. No, thanks. That can get haggled. Um, So as soon as you remove the aspiring, I think you have more potential for you to either get paid, Mm. put your name out there. Also... Just like in your case, you put more pressure on yourself to make sure that the product that you are handing out is at a higher quality. I agree with that. Yeah. 100%. 120%, actually. Yeah, that's a very good point. Thank you for bringing that up. I hope this resonates with some people here. I mean, I, I hope it does. It helped me out. It just does this little thing, right? Yeah. Just do it. Are you an aspiring artist? You better not be. Hopefully not. You're arting. Let us know down below. Just art. link some music, like maybe some art. What do you have? do? Whatever you do, put it in here. Yeah. I want to see like I want to see the web designers. I want to see everything. Yeah. Go ahead. We would like to see some of that art. That'd be dope. Let's do it. But uh, moving on to mm. another topic. Right. This one is a bit more controversial. Mm. <sighs> We've seen this on the news, and not recently. We've seen it for a couple of times already. A yeah. couple of years. History does um, repeat itself. Do you think video games create violence? Mm, me? Yes. Like, do I think it? No, no, do of course you think not. That? Of course not. But like, let's get let's get into it, right? Of course not, because like, I mean, I have, I mean, I can only speak from my own experience. I'm a gamer. I've always been a gamer, and I put hundreds and hundreds of hours into these violent video games. But you yes. play a little bit more violent video games than I do. But the thing of it is. I never had an urge to go up in the middle of public and <laughs> slap someone or shoot or someone. shoot someone. And I yeah. played a lot of Resident Evil. Because let's let's correct this, right? The violence that people are talking about is not physical violence. Mm. It's more of you. Well, okay, it is physical violence, but it's not hand to hand. It's guns. It's always the guns. It's always guns. And there's a lot of violent video. You got Street Fighter. You got Mortal Kombat. You've got like you know Soul Calibur. And if you think about it, funny enough, like these games are have been in existence for a long time, right? They've been out there. No one just goes up and buys a sword and it goes with someone and just starts cutting them up. No one punches people. Like you know, no one just like body slams people. Yeah. Outside. I mean, correct. Outside of maybe a professional environment. Correct. If you're doing jujitsu and you're choking someone, AKA. accidentally <laughs> popped your arm out, it happens. Right? It happens. That's but a- you you're aware that this is gonna happen because. That's the environment in which you're in. Right. If you're in the military, you're probably going to shoot someone. Well, oh, well, you're going to Or you're going to get shot. Uh, right. Uh, so in the military. <laughs> if you're in the professional environment, it's understandable. Mm. But once you're at home and you get... some For some people, mm. they get these games for Christmas. Oh. For some kids. For a lot. parents... For a lot of kids. Buy these games that are rated... 18 plus, mature, yeah. right? Peggy Mature. Like Destiny, Peggy Halo, 18, the, the Call of Duty, Rainbow Six, yeah. you know. Those are mature games. Yeah. But their parents decide to, for some reason, buy these games for their kids. Oh my goodness. So it's not to say that's bad, mm. but then are the games to blame or are the parents to blame? So there's a lot of controversy of this, but let's see what, um, since we are not scientists i am not we cannot study the mind to that point 
uh, let's reference this uh, professor here, mm. Andrew Pavilsky. Mm-hmm. What's um, up to these days? Huh? <laughs> What's he up to these days? <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing you ask, because he is the director of research at the Oxford Internet Institute. Fancy. Yeah, very fancy name. Nice. It, uh, it'll probably take up my whole resume. <laughs> <clears throat> but do you want to hear what he said? All right, go ahead. Shoot. He said that the idea that violent games mm. drive real-world aggression is a popular one. Yeah. But it hasn't tested very well over time, mm. despite interest in the topic by parents and policymakers the research has not demonstrated that there is a cause for concern 100 percent. yeah i agree 100 people again this is not the first time that this has happened i remember black ops being a thing and when 9-11 terrorism started happening mm-hmm. games were attacked right away really yeah because it's um i forgot about people this. were getting um recruited right to be part of Certain military, um, uh, terrorist oh, really? things, and or even the army itself, and people were thinking too. that those games were ways of recruiting people. Mm-hmm. But uh, I yeah, guess the question is, now is like, okay, so real games have always been this scapegoat. Yeah, it's always been this. Hey, violence in real life, you must be playing violent video games. Correct. And they completely ignore mental health. They completely ignore violent movies. Yeah. They ignore upbringing. Exactly. I was going to say that. Oh, That's my goodness. That's a very big thing. Right. How is it in your actual life? Like, how is your household? Mm-hmm. Are you being mistreated? Are you even, unfortunately, are you being bullied at school? Are you, That's a big one. Do you not have friends? Are you speaking to someone about this? Let's and talk about that, actually. I think I was bullied a lot in school. I mean, but we, I still we never went wanted... to high school Yo, together. it was pretty bad, bro. It was pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um, but it wasn't like, I never really had any intention of hurting anybody. Like my whole thing was I was good with myself. Right. And so when someone did something wrong to me, I never had this, I need to retaliate mentality. I need to like do something to hurt them back. It was just more like, you know, this is not me. Um, I mean, let okay. So what let's you say you did have that mentality though. Okay. It's not like people or personally mm. at times I did feel like I had mentality where I had to. Retaliate right, what do you think? To get back. Mm-hmm. At, but I didn't feel like I needed to get a weapon Kill for Kill someone. Yeah, with yeah, a weapon. I did not have to go to that extreme. I knew I was capable of maybe fighting the person. Mm-hmm. The only downside is that um, they didn't play fair, so it's not like you could do a one-on-one type thing. No, you would not. It would be like a five-on-one. Yeah. And you would but, lose. <clears throat> yeah, because it's five-on-one. <laughs> um that's but okay. yeah, it, it's a very different situation. If you're getting bullied, if you do feel depressed, please talk to someone. Yeah. If you guys want, even hit us up. We'll yeah. answer some of your messages, direct messages. I always do. You know what's crazy? Yeah. Someone actually messaged me recently, right? And they asked me like a really genuine question. But then like after it, they were like, I didn't think you would respond. I'm like, why? And yeah. I'm like, why not? Why? I guess some some YouTubers get to that point where it's just too much. Either it's either too much to handle, mm. or they just don't want it. Right. Mm, I see. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, sadly enough, right. But I don't know if, if someone's taking the time to write me like a well thought out. Like, why would I not want to respond to that? You know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I honestly feel like the the whole social media dynamic is changing. We can talk about that completely in a different episode. Yeah. But Tune I, into the next one. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but I, I like to control it. I, I have to imagine it as if I were talking to them in person. I don't consider it like we're online, so therefore we're not real people. Right. I bring my personality online, 
And that's what I just continue. Like, I just feel comfortable doing that. So, like, yeah, just talk to people. Usually, yeah. it'll work out. Yeah, right? talk to someone about it. It's a real thing. Um, we're here to listen. So go ahead and give us a call. And uh, not a call, just message us here. We'll mm. be able to respond. You you play a lot of Destiny, don't you? I do. Have you ever wanted to pick up like just an AK forty seven and just I mean, through? thankfully, Destiny has weapons that will never ever be realistic because those good, things good are fake. Um, <laughs> but we have played Call of Duty. We've played... Um, what, uh, we've, uh, what is it? Um, what game you thinking about? Uh, not Rainbow Six. Well, Rainbow Six, too, is Rainbow very realistic. Six, Resident Evil. Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell. Have you guys played Splinter Cell? Tom Clancy? Yes. My goodness. PlayStation 1. Day. It's very hard, actually, if you didn't know what you were doing, but... Mm-hmm. That is the most realistic, like one of the most realistic games. I loved it. It is a very realistic. I remember playing once. You had to go through the training, mm-hmm. and one of the training things was that you had to crouch and go through chains, mm-hmm. and you couldn't do sound or else. Or touch like, the chain, or like yeah. Well, you could touch this chain, but you had to crouch so slow through the the room. I love this. So that you wouldn't get a uh, sound. There, there was like this meter. Mm-hmm. If you passed the meter, you'd fail the mission. I love it. And it's like, okay, so you had a silencer, of course, hmm. silence handgun. Yeah. It taught you a lot of stuff. Right. Did I go out and buy a weapon? Did I go out and become a serial killer and stuff? Zero. No. And you never had an urge to do this? I did not. Listen, no, first of all, we, we live in New York City. There, yes. There are people out here that look like zombies. <laughs> let's, not, let's just start with that. And I, I mean, played a lo- I played, like, basically every Resident Evil up to this point. One through whatever One through, <laughs> you know... Never in my life. It's just I don't. I think this is like this scapegoat thing, yeah. this video game stuff. Like we gotta stop. It's, it's getting old. But Parents are still getting. You know, oh, Grand Theft Auto. No, it's, it's not. Yeah, which is weird because no, these parents nowadays grew up with what we grew up, right? Yeah, you grew up seeing us playing video games. Simple I don't sure. understand where, unless they're like older parents, I guess that are having kids like now. Super or super traditional. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe, but maybe not. But listen, like honestly. But yeah, this has uh, this has to get more research done, um, just because I think that hard facts will be the determining factor of this. Always, you should not blame the shootings that are happening mm. on a virtual game. Yeah, it's not. It's more of what's actually affecting that child. Mm. Look into that more. Interesting. Were they mentally stable? If they were not mentally stable, mm. why were they even sold a gun? Why were they even oh, given a gun? That's another thing. Was a gun in about. the household without some sort of uh, protection, protection for it. Key. Where are the parents? Lock. Are the parents in the kid's child? There's a lot more that takes it's too much. There's a lot more into pl- in play of this. Yeah, the games are not nah. the main concern of nah, this. Nah. It's easy to, to to place blame when you don't want to look at it yourself, right? Which exactly. Self awareness is a really big key. It's like, yeah, 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 is right, man. But we could definitely go on speaking of. But the, the the main thing we want to get across is video games do not cause violence, right? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I think we're in agreement. Yeah, it does uh, not. We agree. Yeah. Uh, if you guys agree, let us know in the comments. If you disagree as well, let us know. Let in the us comments. know in the comments. This Drop is it open down. to discussion. I'm a fan. We'll listen. I like debates. Just keep it respectful. We're cool. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We can agree to disagree, or we can agree. We're just gonna agree. <laughs> but that is it, mi gente. Uh, we're gonna cut this one. Damn already. Yeah. That's it. That's quick, man. And uh, till next time.